drama, comedy. Two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy. It was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Life's not like an Agatha Christie novel. It's a lot messier. Welcome to the doghouse. Riverdale, Season 2, Episode 22, Chapter 35, Brave New World. With Fred trailing in the polls, Archie steps in to lend a hand to his dad's mayoral campaign. Hmm. Yep. So that happened. It's the season finale, everybody! <laughs> it's <sighs> taken us so long to get here. There is a sense of relief. Yes. Okay, so it wasn't all bad, but yeah. I don't think it was amazing. This... I, I, I came up with this just before we started. Mm-hmm. As just a regular episode of Riverdale, this was fine. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. As a finale? It's shit. What the hell? This isn't a good finale. And that's where we've got a problem. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's a bad episode. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we should have ended this marathon of a season on. Yeah, because we're gonna have four months and they don't I don't think they gave us enough uh, meat to chew on for those four months. I, Absolutely I don't, not. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's get in it by recapping the recap. How's the Black Hood? Someone shot Fred. Archie's making his bones. Hiram's making his play. Archie shows down with Hiram. Hiram took Veronica's money. Jughead figured out the plan. And he takes a beating from the ghoulies. Boom, boom, boom. So we start this episode in a graveyard. And it's Betty. And Veronica and Archie. Betty's holding Jughead's crown. And they're all sad. Because Jughead is dead. She's talking and waxing poetic at Jug's grave. Okay, but this is this is the genius of Lily Reinhardt, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. You believe her. No. No, this scene is played for cheesy. Here's the other side of it, though. Mm-hmm. She still tries to ground herself in performance the entire time. Yeah, she does. I knew it was fake, but I also commend her for totally buying into the premise the other two just look cheesy she on the other hand looks like my jug is gone (laughs) well yeah but then you have to remember this is inside jughead's head oh that's right because he wakes up yeah he goes (gasps) dad and so fp's asleep next to him and as soon as he says dad (laughs) what the serpents fought the ghoulies i'm so mad about this scene and the serpents lost and some of the serpents defected, some of them skipped town, the serpents are done. Okay, okay. That, that's what we get from FP. Did they blow the budget on the musical so hard that they couldn't give us, like, a fucking three-cut scene of this happening while he's talking to us? We don't ever see what actually happened at the sunny side. You saw, you saw what went down there. No, we didn't. None of us did. I don't did. think there was actually a fight. I think they just set Sunnyside Trailer Park on fire. Which we should see. We should have seen that. Well, we do find out that was also lies that Fangs is not dead. (laughs) Uh, That was a trick to try and get the serpents to fight the ghoulies. Okay, well, it's... Well, it worked. It's believable. It's super dumb. But I'm okay with it. But I'm happy that Fangs is back. I'm okay with it. Yes, I'm so excited that Fangs is still alive to be Kevin's gay best friend. Or bisexual best friend. 
I mean, he just I'm, needs to be his best friend. I mean, I'm mad at the writers. Don't get me wrong. No, oh, I will never not be mad at the writers. But Fangs is alive, so let's let's be happy for that. So FP just tells Jughead, "You need to focus on getting better and being there for Betty." And Jughead's, "What? What happened to Betty?" Because oh yeah, Jughead didn't know anything about this that was going on with Betty. Cut to Betty and Jughead cuddling in the hospital room. And Jughead just like, "I'm sorry, I wasn't there to help you with your dad." And Betty says, I hate him, and, uh, yeah, I just gotta worry about you and my mom. Uh, you know, those things. And Jughead says, so I guess we won't be running for student council anymore, huh? And Betty, with this wistful smiling, like, finally coming out of her just absolute depression, is just like, probably not. Yeah. I like those moments. Like, that's the Betty and Jughead we enjoy. Well, that's what Betty needs right now. Yes. She needs somebody to care for her and treat her like normal. Mm-hmm. Because nothing is normal for her right now. We go over to the Andrews house and Veronica has laid out a schedule for Mr. Andrews because we're up against the actual vote. Uh-huh. The election. Uh, and Veronica explains that her mom is going on an Ava Perone-like tour, but she has Fred going, you know, doing the same path, doing the exact same thing. Fred's like, that's great, but the town all thinks that your dad saved Riverdale from the riots. Like, yeah. So. And Veronica is determined to make this happen. I will not rest until you are elected. I'm even putting my own political ambitions aside for that. And Fred says, what are, what are you talking about? Veronica says that she is no longer uh, running for student council with Archie because conspiring against my parents is a full-time job. It's true. Archie gets a phone call and he's like, hey, Eddie, any news? Who is Eddie? I know. Who the fuck is Eddie? Like when I first heard it, I thought, did I just like hear that wrong? Did he really say Reggie? But no, he says Eddie. Is it Junkyard Eddie? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he could be serpent adjacent. Whatever. We go to the hospital. And the four Scoobies are there. <laughs> uh, Jack is like, all right, I'm going to be out tomorrow. And Archie, for the first fucking time ever, is one of the smartest people in the room. He's like, okay, that's good, Jug, because we need your brain. There's another mystery to solve. Yay. Yeah. And so he goes in to explain the whole thing. And Archie's the one explaining the whole two black hoods and what's happening. And I love it. I love Archie, like, being a competent person for a moment. Yeah, except... Uh, Archie explains that, you know, there, there's there got to be a second Black Hood because Hal Cooper was in Betty's house. And Jughead's like, well, okay, if there's a second Black Hood at the town hall and on your dad seem to be... This all, this all sounds like a political motive, which is a little eye-rolly. But it's oh. Jughead. Jughead is our conspiracy nut, so... True. Which suggests to me... And Veronica immediately goes, now my father's involved. Well, duh. I don't disagree. So they all kind of go back and forth and they agree that Hiram probably didn't do it himself, but he hired somebody to do it. And they suspect that it's if it's it could be a serpent or a ghoulie. Or if it's not one of them, it's Sheriff Mineta himself. Because nobody knew where he was during the shooting. There's so many better ways we could have done this. It's fine. We had to, they had to get to the point. We had to get Jug up to speed and get, get their marching orders. What's next? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this scene. We should have more of this type of stuff instead of like all the exposition crap. Well, yeah. 
Uh, we could have expedited a lot more if we we did this. We The Scooby gang has been divide and conquer for a while now. It's nice to get the band back together. Yes, exactly. Uh, so they all get up to go, and Arch is like, yeah, I gotta go to the sheriff's station anyways tomorrow. Why, Arch? Uh, I have to identify your dad, Betty. <laughs> Awkward! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we go over to Thistle House, and Cheryl is signing some papers. Uh, she's got Mary McCoy there, and Mary McCoy says, all right, it's a it's official. Nana Blossom is your legal guardian. Uh, I'm going to get these filed and then I'll send this letter to your mother. No need. <laughs> Cheryl quickly gets up and is like, oh, they're still on the property hanging out in the barn. I'm going to go give this to them myself. And then they play this music and, okay, I know this isn't what was going to happen, but mm-hmm. honestly, I hope that she had them like strung up by the rack or something. I know. I thought they were going to be like, t- yeah, at least like tied to chairs or something. The way they were setting it up, it was like Cheryl is now torturing her parents, which would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But no. Uh, So Cheryl walks to this barn and she starts to open, the door is open just a little bit. And she peeps in and she sees Claudius and Penelope and then all of a sudden a man in a suit comes into frame and it's Hiram. Yeah. And Cheryl gasps. And that gets their attention, and Penelope comes to the door, and she comes aside, and nobody's there. And then we zoom in, and there's Cheryl in a barrel. Cheryl in a barrel. Yeah, okay, so I did really, I saw this on Twitter, like, you, they gave you Elf on a Shelf. Now we have Cheryl in a barrel. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I like Cheryl in a barrel. It was, it was silly. It was silly, but fun. Betty walks home alone at night. Uh, And she comes to find her mother yelling and all these people taking pictures of her house. Uh, Do you want want to see where he ate? Where he slept? The front door is wide open. (laughs) And Betty's coming through and she's telling the crowd, okay, turn off your cameras, go away. Like, she's trying to get them out of the way. She's like, mom, come on, get inside. Do you want to see the Black Hood's lair? Abandon all hope ye who enter here. Oh, God. I'm sorry, but that makes perfect Alice sense. Kinda. Yeah, she's so antagonistic. That's what Alice would do. But here's my here's what doesn't make it work is that it's literally just people from the town with phones. It should have been like actual reporters with vans sitting on their front lawn because yeah. this would have been like major ass news all around the area. What they haven't done in this small town which is a classic horror film thing, is scrappy TV reporter. Right? We've got, we've got the, you know, the gumshoe, like, kid newspaper reporter. And Alice is the newspaper reporter. But where is our TV reporter? It would have, it would have been, been a great way to introduce that. It would have been awesome. Because... There should be, like, news vans everywhere. You should, should have... There should be at least one or two. Well, there'd be national news outlets there. Well, the FBI doesn't, like, clearly doesn't exist here, so... <laughs> and here's the thing. My my problem is, is that her antagonism doesn't match the scene outside her house. Yeah, they're annoying and they're people with phone she, cameras. I think it's she's playing it more drunk than anything else. But if there were vans parked on the lawn, mm-hmm. it would have worked. Eh. It just, it would have. They needed to raise those stakes. It didn't feel right. I, I agree. Riverdale. And we come right back to the Cooper house and Betty is on the phone. It's the next morning, we we think. Betty's talking to Jug. And Jug is just being all like, I, you know, I don't have to go to school. I could just, you know, come home. Thanks, but I don't know if my mom's ready for company right now. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, Jug is, you know, I'm worried about you and... 
He's like, yeah, me too. I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just we just have to get through it. Uh, call if you need anything. I love you. I love you too. They're just trying to be normal, if that's ever possible again for Betty Cooper. Mm-hmm. We go over to the station, and Archie is you know sitting in front of you know a glass viewing, and we see that Hal Cooper is on the other side sitting at a table. Mad asks him if he's ready to do this, and Archie's like, yeah. And they put a hood over Hal's head, and they ask Archie, you know, can you identify the man sitting at the table? That's Hal Cooper, my neighbor, the man who shot my dad at Pop's Diner. He's one of the Black Hoods. Makes a little point of stressing that. It's very anticlimactic. That's so dumb. Yeah, it should have been. Like, we should have at least gotten the flash of the green eye look at that point. That would have been good. <sighs> Sheriff Minetta explains that a lot of people took advantage of the riot night, and uh, we had multiple reports of looters wearing black ski masks. And Archie just doesn't miss a beat, tells Sheriff Minetta the man in my house wasn't a looter, Sheriff. He was there to murder my father. And you may not be taking this as seriously as I am, uh, but I'm not going to let this go. Make sure your boss knows that. And Archie gets up and leaves. Jesus fucking Christ, Archie. Like, Archie's like, fuck all you people. Damn. I like it. Yeah, but... 16-year-old telling that to a sheriff, it's a bit much. Okay, and so this is where I realize. okay, so it's like, you know, KJ Apple looks different, like something's different. I think they stopped dyeing his eyebrows. Huh. So KJ Apple has black hair, so his eyebrows are black too. I know in the first season his eyebrows were, were red, just like his hair, and I feel like I when I when I binge watch this season, I'm going to have to watch his eyebrows. <laughs> To see if they started, if they stopped altogether, or if they just let it gradually go. Because in this whole episode, his eyebrows are black. This is the the hard-hitting coverage we bring you here on the Doghouse. You know, it's just one of those things I notice. It's just a do. Now, pray tell, what is your TV genius explanation for why why his eyebrows suddenly went dark? Trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, there's trauma. Um, He's also growing so it's not reasonable for his hair to get darker and maybe or lose some of its you know red redness maybe dark archie and that's just too easy but yeah we do get dark archie later this isn't dark archie not yet this is petulant archie <laughs> uh we go over we go back to the andrew's house and we get a scene between fred and betty and fred's like you know what can i do Betty says, I I wanted to say I'm sorry, Mr. Andrews. And Fred's like, you have nothing to say, to apologize for. Uh-huh. And Betty just flat out breaks down. I'm supposed to be this great detective, but I didn't see what was right in front of me, and people paid for that mistake with their lives. Oh my gosh. Okay, I, I get her feeling this way, but I don't understand her having this conversation with Fred. This is the conversation she should have had with Jug. Or Archie. Or her mom. No, not her mom. Because, like, her mom's too wrapped up in that and her stuff. Like, Betty's trying to be strong for her mom. So I understand that. Yeah. Also, she's not leaving home. She doesn't want to go too far away from her mom. I think the explanation is Fred's the nearest person she could talk to. I wish they would have had Fred tell Betty, you're supposed to be a teenager. Uh You're supposed to be a kid. And you are not responsible. But like, I could also. We under- needed one more line from Fred. I also could understand Fred just not wanting to say anything because he's just like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't Betty. fix these feelings for you. I'm just here. I'm your neighbor. I'm sorry, Betty. Yeah. Love you, kid. Mm-hmm. We've lived next door for how many years? Yeah. Oh, we go over to a bathroom at school, and Moose is crying. Uh huh. 
and Kevin comes in and he's like, are, are you okay? And uh, Moose is just looking at all of her stuff is gone. A midge's locker was trashed in the riots and all the notes that people left to her books, stuffed animals, it's all gone. And Kevin goes to hug him and she's like, it's okay, Moose, it's just stuff. Uh-huh. Like, it's just stuff. It's going to be okay. And they, they and take then, a minute. And then, you know, like Kevin steps back and then Moose feels like really relieved and Moose goes and kisses Kevin. And, and Kevin, Kevin is like... Mm-mm. Kevin instantly steps back because you know, like Kevin's used to being like, uh, "We got to keep our stuff on the down low." And oh, also you have a girlfriend. And then Kevin, it's kind of like he realizes, "Oh, Moose is free now." Uh huh. And Kevin goes right in for the kiss, and they start full on making out, and I love it, and my brain <laughs> exploded, and I am so happy. <laughs> so happy it took way too long to get here but i'm just so happy it happened it's such a like, weird it, it is such a strange it. complicated moment of I, I think he really didn't care about midge i think they really did have a relationship and i well i i just go back to that episode in the first half of the season where moose is telling kevin i'm here for you i'm your friend and like you can talk to me and it was so sweet and it just, it made you know that, like, Kevin and Moose have more than just this physical attraction. Uh-huh. And I loved that. And so I feel like this is where it's like, oh, we can have this now. Uh-huh. Which is great. Because I, I do think for Moose that Midge was kind of just, like, beard. It's possible. Um, Like, it's possible. It's not, that's not the case. Whatever. But I'm just really happy that they got to have this moment and it makes me so happy. I okay. still want Joaquin to come back. Oh. <laughs> Boy just, drama. Oh, there needs to be... I I would love for there to be a whole episode about Kevin having to make a choice. Because he has too many options. <laughs> he has too many people he couldn't he could have a relationship with. Uh, it's gonna be Moose, though. And I just honest. need I just need an episode where Joaquin is sitting in Pops and Kevin walks in and, and Joaquin just looks at him and goes, Hey Preppy. I need that in my life. Please make it happen. So. We're in the doghouse, y'all. Hey! Reggie is telling, uh, it's Reggie, Josie, Archie, and Veronica. And Reggie says it's clear. Reggie Mantle is not ready to be a leader of men. Correct. You are right. And Josie says that she had a conversation with her mom. And after all the riots, I'm an artist, not a politician. I need to get back what I'm best at, music. No fucking shit, Josie. Also... Put the pussycats back together. Seriously. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Archie's like, well, and then there was one. So now it's like, it's just Archie. And Josie's like, wait, wait, don't forget about Ethel Muggs. She's running his third party candidate. And we have an Ethel for president poster that's She's... got her like Rosie the Riveter style. No, she looks re- a lot like, it's very Tracy Fleck from Election. Okay. Which they've, they've referenced that movie before. But I like that Ethel's poster says underdog bulldog. I love it. Yeah. Then we go over to another classroom. It's the swords and serpents room. And Jughead is being sullen Jughead. Season one, sullen Jughead. Aww. Uh, This is how it ends. Not with a whimper, but with a memo from Weatherby. (laughs) It's a pretty good line. Jughead had some really good lines this episode. Yeah, he does. Uh, Riverdale High is apparently cr- overcrowded, and starting next week, all former Southside High students will be bused to Seaside High. I hate this storyline so much. It's cheap. 
I think it's so dumb. It's just cheap. Well, like, we've already tried to kick him out five different times now. What's the fucking point? Yeah, so Sweet Pea is just like, you know, like, this isn't fair. They're blaming us for trashing the school during the riots. Well, to be fair, Sweet Pea, you did. (laughs) Like, that's classic Jughead. I love that Jughead. And Sweet Pea's like, okay, so what do we do? Jughead says, I don't know. And Tony's like, well, what are we going to do? What about the other serpents at the worm? What serpents at the worm? Uh-huh. Jacket thought they were all gone. That's what his dad told him. Mm-hmm. Cut to another bathroom at the school. Buenos dias, Veronica. <laughs> Cheryl comes in and tells Veronica what she saw in the barn. And ends it, up. it looks like collusion to me. Uh, Daddykins. Yeah, we cut over to the Pembroke real fast. Care to comment on the rumors that you've been having secret meetings with Claudius and Penelope Blossom in their barn? Well, I'm looking to diversify my business and possibly get into the maple trade. Hermione did not know anything about any of this bullshit. Oh no, she looks right at him and is like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Uh-oh. Because she knows what the maple trade is. Uh, Veronica accuses Hiram of hiring Claudius to impersonate the Black Hood. Veronica, have you lost your mind? Your imagination is getting better of you. Blah 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 blah. But Hermione is the person to watch through the entire scene. Yeah, this because it's just finally this, coming into coming right into alignment for her. To things be like, are things are clicking in her head, and she uh-huh. knows. Okay, we, we're I, done. I got to figure out an exit strategy here. We're done. Yep. We go over to the White Worm, and we see that it has turned into a makeshift shelter for all the serpents. We've got people crashing on couches. They've got some belongings. Uh, you know, Jack is like, I don't understand. And Sweet Pea explains, you saw what the ghoulies did to most of Sunnyside's. A lot of serpents couldn't afford to leave Riverdale, so we came here. No, no, we we didn't get to see what happened at Sunnyside because you didn't fucking show us. Yeah, they should have showed us that. I'm so mad. And Jughead's only question is, did my dad know? And nobody says anything. Nobody says shit. (sighs) We go over to Betty's room. And Archie and Veronica are there comforting her, telling her, you know, you should come back to school. And Betty's just like, I hate my father. I can't, I can't go back to school. He killed Midge and he shot Moose. How do I show myself in that place? And do you hate him for what he did to your dad, Archie? Because I do. I hate my father. And they just hug Betty because it's just like, oh, we don't know how to be. We got nothing. Nobody can actually understand what Betty's going through. Yeah. No one. No. Well, no. Except maybe her mom. No, Cheryl. Cheryl does. That's true. Her dad killed her brother. Oh, we need more Betty and Cheryl. I love Betty and Cheryl combination. B and C do a B and E. Actually, they did. They did do a B and E. They really did. They did. I forgot about that. Why wasn't Kevin there to comment? I know. Oh, Kevin Keller. Oh, we're at the trailer. And FP is splayed out on the couch drinking. And apparently he has been fired from Pops because Hiram is cleaning house and getting rid of stragglers. Jughead says, well, yeah, well, he's a bastard. But who cares? We have work to do. Why'd you lie to me? You told me the serpents don't exist. They're at the White Worm and they need our help. Still dumb. This is where they went too quickly. They should have expanded better. It, I don't know. It's just, it's a mess. FP's whole plan is we're leaving. We're leaving town. It's time for the serpents to cut bait. I already called your mom. We're going to Toledo. Pack light. We're taking we're taking the bikes. And Jughead's like, I'm not leaving Betty and we're not abandoning the serpents. FP says, I will not be standing over your body in a bag with you zipped in it. We're moving to Toledo. Whatever. Because we know it's not going to happen. 
Jughead's not moving to Toledo. No, he'll go move back in the, the Andrews garage. He'll go anywhere. Or literally basement. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we go over to Andrews Construction, and Fred is talking with Attorney McCoy. <laughs> Campaign manager McCoy? Nah, consultant. She's a consultant. Whatever. Uh, he asks her if they have a shot. And she M- McCoy gives... says, you know, it's won and lost in these last few days, and your best bet is getting the serpents because they don't vote. And I just like, we see Kevin is in the background, like dutifully, like <laughs> arranging papers and doing stuff. And he's got a Fred Andrews from mayor sweatshirt on. And then he's like, sorry to interrupt, but Sheriff Mineta's on the phone. Says it's urgent. We go back to the station and Mineta is talking to Archie and Fred. He says, after your visit, Archie, I made it my personal mission to catch the man who invaded your home. Sure you did. An anonymous tip led to the suspect, and when we went to question him, well, unfortunately, he engaged us in a firefight, and we were forced to take him down. He's dead, but he's the guy, no question. How do you know that? We found guns on the premises that matched the ones used at both the attack on your house and the town hall shooting, as well as this black hood. (laughs) Who was he? Ex-gang member Gerald Petit also known as Tallboy. Okay, I kind of like this a little bit. Tallboy was one of the early suspects for the Black Hood. Well, yeah. And he has been for a while, and he's been gone. Turns out the actor broke his neck, so that's why he couldn't be in any more scenes. Oh, like, fun. So, like, I, uh, my understanding is that they wanted to bring him back for some things, but he broke his neck, so he just couldn't. Oh, cool. So I killed him off. No, I think they would have killed him off. So I feel like this is one of those things that they did for some fan service. But it also moves their plot along a little bit more. And it's completely plausible that he would be the one to to do this. I don't trust him. I think they literally just wrapped this up in a bow with Tallboy being dead. I don't believe they did at all. All right, we go over to the Cooper house. What do you mean you haven't gone to visit Dad yet? Polly's there with the babies. <laughs> and, like, Polly, something's different about Polly. Well, yeah. She's all cleaned up. Her whole thing is, if we don't visit him, how are we supposed to forgive him? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, Betty. Betty is very, like... No bullshit. What the fuck? No bullshit. She's turning into Alice a little bit. A little. It's great. Well, Uh, Alice wallows. (laughs) Yeah. Betty, at the farm, they taught us that forgiveness is the most valuable gift we can give. If we don't absolve him, we'll become what he was, full of hate. My babies deserve a mother who's better than that. You're in a cult. Don't call your dad because he's a murderer. <laughs> That's just, yeah. The The trick here is that Alice kind of goes, well, maybe that wouldn't be the worst idea. I mean, I don't have to forgive him. I could just give him a piece of my mind or something. Clearly, she is manipulating Alice. Alice is very vulnerable. Betty is not vulnerable at all. Hence, ponytail. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yep. Uh, so, Polly, Polly's there. I yeah, we'll get to this more in a later scene, but Polly's there to pull some strings. Yeah. That's what she's doing. Sums up. So yeah, Alice is very vulnerable, and so I do like that Alice is like, yeah, maybe I should see him so I can yell at him, but I'm not going to forget. I'm not not to forget him. That's insane. And then just Because Al- Alice is still Alice. And also Alice, woof, woof, not looking great. Yeah, no makeup. No makeup, Alice. None. Uh, Betty, vulnerable. Vulnerable Alice. True. Betty just says to them, if that's what you want to do, Mom, sure, but count me out. We're over at the Pembroke, and Veronica's getting ready, and her money comes in. It's like, you are absolutely right. Your dad, you know, it's it's conceivable that he would do that. So uh, we need to have a contingency plan in place, and you need a little bit of leverage. It's about fucking time, Hermione. Yeah, she explains that 
Hiram wants to consolidate the whole South Side into something new, but there's one piece he hasn't been able to get, the White Worm. Uh-huh. But you need money to block him. Unfortunately, that, that should be easy to get. Cut directly to a meeting with Veronica and her attorney, McCoy. Daddy! Daddy! Attorney <laughs> McCoy is representing me in regards to that million dollars you plundered from me. My client would like it back. Okay, so... This whole scene can boil down to this. Give me my fucking money. Give me my money, daddy. Where's my money? Where's I'm, my money? I'm going to blackmail you, which I don't know how an attorney would be willing to be in that room because this is clearly blackmail and or extortion. I don't know exactly which one. But Veronica says, you give me my money or I'm going to tell everybody all your dirty secrets. And Hermione looking on. Yeah, she's like eavesdropping. It's great. We go back to the trailer and it's Jughead and Archie, which I've missed this. This is what we've needed. We need a Jughead and Archie. Because it's just two dudes. And and to your point, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any ties to them together. I agree. I think uh, it's I, unfortunate because I, I think agree. that's what should have happened. Yes. But I don't think it did. And this I think... I should write for the show. I should be... I should get story by credit to fix this shit. Seriously. Y'all can write the dialogue. I'll just tell you what needs to happen. But I do think that over this period where they've been trying to hold things together on their respective sides... Mm-hmm. What you've seen is not a something going on behind the scenes, but just fostering that bond together True. again. They've stitched up this relationship that got broken that we saw at the beginning of season one. Yeah. Like Jughead starts the scene with, of course it's tall boy. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Archie's like, are you sure? Does that make sense? And Jughead reminds Archie like, yeah, he's done it before and he's confessed to it, which explains why, you know. Uh, he died in a firefight. There's no loose ends. He can't implicate Hiram, ever. He's going to get away with it. Hiram Lodge is going to get away with all of it. Cut to Thistlewood. And we have Penelope rushing into a room to yell at Cheryl. Cheryl Red Riding Hood at that. Mm-hmm. Nana Rose, Cheryl, you really think that, that senile crone would be a better guardian than your own mother? Mumsy, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, off to deliver some nibbles to my white my serpent friends at the white worm. Mm-hmm. Ma Cherie, which means like my sweetie. Oh god. Okay, Penelope is actually hurt by this. Well yeah. She is actually hurt by Cheryl's actions. And she's Cheryl, no, you can't go there. She's got some actual concern. Oh, pray tell why not. <laughs> Cut right back to the trailer, and now Jack and Archie are, like, chowing out on cereal or something. They're just shoveling food in. It's great. Teenage boys, and they're stressed out. Yeah. And Jughead's just ranting, and on top of everything else, my dad, who's drinking again, wants us to move to Seattle. Just in time, too, because Weatherby wants to kick all of the Southsiders out of Riverdale Hut. And then Cheryl just busts in the door. She's like, zip it and listen. (laughs) We have to get to the White Worm ASAP. I already called Tony and gave the heads up. Apparently, the sheriff is coming to raid the... The White Worm, and if they all get shot up, who cares? So at the White Worm, we get Jughead as Moses. Yes. Take only what you absolutely need, (laughs) and what you can carry with you. We need to move quickly and quietly. Okay, I kind of actually liked this scene. (laughs) It's okay. I I like that you've got Cheryl and Archie are there to help them. Sweet Pea's like, where do we go? There's nowhere safe. And Jughead says, we've been offered asylum. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cheesy, but I I knew exactly what was coming. I love it. Um, and so we see all the serpents kind of 
sneaking out of the white worm, going down an alley, waiting for cars to pass, and kind of like sneaking out of the south side. With this opera music playing to the point where it's like, somebody's going to get shot. Somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. And then nobody does. No. Well, Jughead hears a bunch of sirens, and he just kind of stops and looks, and Archie comes and he's like, don't look back, Jug. Which is sweet. I like that. I also love that the ghoulies painted over the white worm. It's all over snakes. Yeah. Like, it's over. Like, the white worm's gone. Like, you need to let go. Uh Uh-huh. Let's move on. Uh, We get over to the Andrews house, and it looks like it's the next morning. And... Good boy. Good boy. Vegas is there! Yay! We were wondering what happened to Vegas. We were a little worried, but Vegas is getting some breakfast. All right. And Fred Andrews is a short order chef. All right. Two dots on the hash. Two chicks on the raft here, Jug. Get that stack of Vermont hot out of ya. Oh, yeah. I worked at Pops for a summer. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) That's the best line. It's so great! I love it! Oh, oh, it totally reminds me of the Peach Pit days when I don't do what else. Oh, God. My heart. My heart just can't take it. FP comes in and is like, did you do all this? And he's he's talking to Jug. Jughead stares at him for a second. I was like, but I had an assist from my friend Archie. <laughs> uh, Toledo's going to have to wait. <laughs> he's like, maybe so. He's actually really, truly surprised by all this. Yeah. Like, he... He, he thought it was over. Yeah, he did. And <laughs> he's scared for his son. Mm-hmm. So he's... Part of it, he wants to convince Jughead. is like, look, dude... Even if we manage to survive this, it's not worth it for you to stay here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, what he's what he's seeing is his son step up and actually be a leader. Yeah. Because Jughead has stopped being freaked out by any of this yeah. and has started being like, nah, I got to do what needs to be done. Well, and, and, and also that Fred is Fred. Yeah. Like, he's still that guy. Fred is always Fred. Yeah. So I, I think that's great. Jughead looks at Archie and he's like, thank you. You came through for me. And Archie says, I'm not done yet. How many of these serpent jackets do you think we can borrow? So we cut to Riverdale High. Uh-huh. Principal Weatherby's coming out of his office. He's handing something to one of the secretaries. Like, oh, can you get this fax to the superintendent? And then he looks up and he walks into the hallway. And we see basically what we assume to be the entire student body wearing serpent jackets. Uh-huh. What is the meaning of this? It's a show of support. For the Southsiders who are being wrongly transferred out of our school. Everyone's ready to walk out, Principal Weatherby. Any student who walks out better keep walking, because they'll be expelled. And Archie just kind of looks right at Weatherby and says, You're a good man. You're not the kind of person who discriminates. Boo, 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 boo. I have a real problem with that line. We'll get to it in a second. And if you are, then expel me, because I don't want to be any part of that. And then Weatherby tells everyone, get to class. Okay. Okay. This is cheesy. Okay. But there is also a message that they're trying to send here. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like this is the support of the Parkland students and them rallying students to walk out of school. Okay. For what's that's, right. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Right. And remember, this show is on a network that's primary target is teenagers. Okay. So I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. And I'm okay with the message that, you know what, sometimes adults are wrong and you need to stand up to them. Cool. I'm okay with that. Sure. I don't believe for a second they had that many jackets for the entire school. That's not my problem. What's your problem? My problem is that a white boy just told a black man in charge of a school that he's not the type of person who discriminates. Uh Uh-uh. Fuck you, white kid. Oh. That line's so bad. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah, they needed to pull that out. I didn't think about it the first time, then watching it, I was like, oh, fuck off. It's horrible. It's not, it doesn't look great there, but. It undermines the message you're trying to say. Who else can say that? Who else in that whole group of students can do that. 
Nobody, including Archie, nobody should say that word. No. To Principal Weatherby. No. They should have cut that. They should have they should have cut that line. Because there's like eight thousand better ways to say it. What he should have yeah. said was, Principal Weatherby, with all due respect, you're wrong. What what you're doing to the Southsiders is wrong. And we're not It could have been just that. And we're not gonna and we're not gonna yeah. let it go. And then just have a stare down. That's all we needed. Yeah. But to say that word mm-hmm. in that situation is just so fucking tone deaf. It is. I don't disagree. So, for me, it just undermines everything good about what they're trying to do with that scene. Um, okay. It, w- there's, not everything, there's, but... There's a lot of not good about this show. I know, okay, but this they is... they get so close to being good, and then they fuck it up, and this is just one of those moments. You I did, know. You got so close. So close. And then that one... Just pull that one line, and we can let it go. But you know what? I understand. You know what it's still not as bad as? What? Geraldine fucking Grundy. Okay, you're just gonna have to let that go for real. Never. 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 When they make me mad, I bring up Grundy. I'm just sad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then, you know, as, you know, Weatherby tells everyone to get to class, because, you know, he's, you know. He is a principal. He's a principal. He's got, like, a riot about to start out again. We get Tony telling Cheryl, you look good in that jacket. Maybe we should make it official. (laughs) Cheryl's like, everything looks good on me. Swoon. (laughs) It's cute. And then we get Veronica grabbing Jughead into the doghouse. Hey. Hey. Okay, Jughead, come here. I have some insider information that my father is making a play to buy the white worm. And Jughead is just really not interested in talking to Veronica. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, along with firing my dad from Pops. And Veronica didn't know about this. And Jug said, yeah, I won't be eating there anymore. Because, you know, that's the only place Jughead eats. Uh, Well, let me me say this. I don't think he's pissed off at Veronica. No, it's just association. I don't even think it's that. It is. I th- no, it's her bringing this stuff up mm-hmm. and him going, oh, so on top of all of this shit, now there's this crap too. But, Great. But remember, up until this scene, for Jughead, Veronica's always been on her dad's side and Archie has been on Hiram's side. Yeah, that's fair. So as far as Jughead knows, she's just a little family girl. Well, and he knows that. Archie's going away from Yeah, that. he has defected from the lodges. To some degree. Yeah, I mean, it goes full away later. <laughs> Veronica does some mental thinking here, some mental gymnastics. And then just looks right at Jughead. She's like, wait, Jughead, I was going to make a play to buy the worm in order to torpedo Daddy's monopolizing of the south side, but now I'm thinking there's a better, smarter play if you trust me and we move fast. And I think Jughead kind of perks up and was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what? He's like, what? What's going on? Cut to the worm. It's empty, and Hiram has shown up, and he's looking for Hogeye. Veronica's there. Daddy, <laughs> welcome to the bar I bought from Mr. Hoggins two hours ago. Here's the deed. From my attorney, Sierra McCoy. All legal, of course, but I'm willing to sell the white worm to you, or rather, trade it in exchange for Pop's chocolate shop. This is pretty peak Veronica right I here. I do like this. I did like this. This is Veronica finally coming into her negotiating mm-hmm. own. And Hiram is a little surprised. How did you know I wanted the worm? And she has the perfect lie. It was all the hot gossip among the serpents this morning at Fred's house. Covers for mom. Yep. Knows to, smart enough to know to do that. And Hiram, is, he's just so, he's hes kind of blindsided by this. Oh, he is. Totally. Uh, you're risking war with me over Pops? Why? Because once I learned how you fought so callously fired F.P. Jones, Pops is the only place in this town me and my friends can call their own. So Hiram is actually like, oh, you want to you wanna play? Let's play. 
He says, all right, I'm going to make a deal with you, but that's it. That's the last thing you're going to get from me. No more allowance, no trust fund, no credit cards. You sign over your third of Lodge Industries to me. Relinquish your vote, your seat on the board, your legacy. And he is baiting her because he doesn't think she's going to give any of this up. Like True. You, like you, like you think you you can do this now. You're 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 just a materialistic little girl. You're not going to do it. Veronica does like take a breath and says, "Fine, it's all blood money, anyways." Shit. And Hiram's like, "Well, I still get what I want. Who cares?" By the way, I also wrote, "This is a stupid deal." I know you're a kid. I know you're fighting for your moral integrity. But, but this uh, is but, stupid. Well, it's stupid because your mom just lost any leverage. No. There's no way Hermione doesn't have a slush pile on him. Like, a full report. Hermione's totally gonna get Archie off later. That's just the way it's gonna be. Uh, he's, excuse me? Shut up. Stop making dirties. <laughs> you said it, not me. Stop making dirties. <laughs> Alright, we go over to the Cooper house of babies. <laughs> so many memes. So many memes. Jughead and Betty are taking care of the twins, Juniper and Dagwood. Ugh, whatever uh jug do you think evil can be passed on it's just okay this is a sweet sweet scene but basically betty is talking about how this is inherent you know what if one of these babies grows up to be a murderer and jug's like no you're <laughs> not evil you have some darkness i have some darkness that baby's not evil you're not evil but look at me i don't know you believe me you trust me you're not evil okay <laughs> Like, it's sweet, but also, like, we need to stop going on and on and on about this. So, number one, mm-hmm. this scene is dumb. Number yeah. two, I never, ever, ever want Bughead to break up because they're so adorable together. And this scene kind of makes me cry. Not because of anything they're saying, but just the look on Lily Reinhardt's face mm-hmm. of just being so hurt and scared. Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We go over to the school gym where the adults are voting for mayor and the kids are voting for student council. Yeah. Jughead's there to vote, be Betty's proxy. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. And Archie asks Jug, how's she doing? I think she's going to be okay. Hello, uh, Clarice. Oh, God. Woof. Betty goes to see her dad in jail and he is in a Silence of the Lambs style pr- prison cell. Which, where the fuck is this prison cell? Nobody knows. Like the basement of the station? It's weird. I don't know, man. This whole scene is so bad. We don't need to talk about... No, we- no, I, there's there's a point here that I think is important. Okay. Because I think it leads it leads us down to something else later. It's a lot of blah, blah, blah bullshit. It's a lot though. of blah, blah, blah. Betty tells how, I told myself I wasn't going to see you again. And Hal says, I never doubted for a moment that you'd come. You're the only one who understands me. And that's like me. Betty looks at Hal and says, you did unspeakable, horrible things, and I'm not like that, and I'm not like you. Hal says, aren't you? No. Then why are you here? To say goodbye, Dad. And to also say, no more darkness, no more evil, it's over, you have no power over me. And she starts walking away, there, and it get, it gets into kind of slow motion, and Hal starts yelling, you'll be back, Betty, you can move across the country, you can change the locks, you can fry me in electric care, but I'll always be with you, Betty. He keeps going while while in slow-mo Betty's leaving. The look on Betty's face there is pure Alice. Because here's the thing. Betty has a darkness. Like, everyone has a little bit of darkness. Everybody's got some kind of darkness. It's true. Um, but she, what she gets that darkness from is from her mom. Uh-huh. And Hal bet the farm on Betty. Betty's not the one. It's, nope. It's Polly. Oh, it's fucking Polly. And that's the difference. That Polly is, manip- is uh, malleable. Polly's malleable. 
Betty's not. No. Because Betty's like Alice. Oh, yeah. And so that's why I feel like the scene is cheesy, but it's important for the audience because you need to see Betty's resolve of, no, I'm not like you. This is done. Okay. And that's that's important for Betty, especially going forward with what we what we as the audience surmise about Polly later on. Yeah, and cause so so we rest, needed this because the rest of this just made me mad. I was like, the answer is true. Why are we here? What is the fucking yeah. point of this scene? Mm-hmm. Period. That's the point of the scene. Okay, great. Uh, okay, well I explained it to you, so it's okay now. Uh, I can't fix everything, but I fixed that scene for you. All right, we're back in the doghouse. Hey! hey! We get all the kids are gathering, and they're, you know, they're they're there waiting in anticipation, and we get whether we attention Riverdale High School high students. The results of your student council election are in. Your new student body president is Archie Andrews. Yay! Yay! Everybody's happy! In unrelated news, Southside High will remain at Riverdale. Yay! That's all. Yay! Meaningful looks between Archie and Jughead. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, so we get some bulldog girls. It's kind of fun. We get a lot of shots where Ethel's posters in the background, which is depressing. No, we'll get back to that later. Okay. All right, we cut to the docks, which is you know all the serpents are hanging out and they're partying and they're celebrating because you know, they're all together and happy and Fangs is there and he's alive. Is this yeah. a freaking gypsy camp that they're at? Kinda, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's FP gets up. He's like, listen up. Uh, this is where the first meeting of the serpents happened, like, 60 years ago. Makes sense that we're here today. I'm here to say goodbye. Jughead, get up here. <laughs> what are you doing? Cause he's a f- this is so fucking dumb. He's retiring. I'm retiring. Like, from That's it. That, that's that's all we gotta talk about. Yeah. FP's retiring, and he's given the mantle to Jug. Jughead's a minor, so this is stupid. Ah. It, it is. But Jughead is their leader. True. I mean, that's just the way it is. And everyone gets excited and they're hooting and hollering. And Sweet Pea accident, like hits Fangs in the chest and Fang goes, oh. <laughs> that's not an accident. No. He, he shoves him in the ribs. Like, it was a mistake. Because it was just my friends here. I'm going to rib him. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> it, was, I, it was cute. And I, I'm really glad that Drew Ray Tanner gets to stay. Because he's cute. Fangs. He's a fun kid. He's a fun actor. I like him a lot. Remember when he was going to bomb the fucking school? <laughs> that pipe bomb better come back. It's not coming back. It might be necessary. It might be necessary. So, you know, he's Jughead's going to be Serpent King. Uh-huh. And as he... First official duty? Tony brings out a duffel bag, pulls out a jacket, a red jacket, and hands it to FP. FP gives it to Jug, says, you know what to do with this. And then we get all silence, a lot of slow-mo, and Jughead just looks at Cheryl, and Cheryl takes off the jacket she's wearing, hands it to... T- to Tony, and she gets up on their little platform, and Jughead puts her jacket on her, and then we see Tony all like, <gasps> which is cute, and like Jughead just kind of smirks and kind of shakes his head. He's like, even Jughead knows that Cheryl's just a little too extra because Cheryl is now a serpent with a red serpent jacket. Oh hell yeah! I love it. Oh, it's so good. She is the only person you could do this for, and it's fun. And Choni. Oh, just just Tony's so beaming cute. eyes at Cheryl. They're adorable. Choni and Mevin. Tony and Mevin. Anyway. I'm so happy! Uh, Cut to depression. Depression in the Cooper house. <laughs> Wednesdays at 7. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's talking to Alice, and she's, you know, I want you to know I went to see Dad today. How, how did it go? To be honest, it was hard. But I think tomorrow I want to go back to school if you'll be okay. Aw, sadness. Nice hug. Nice mom-daughter moment. Yeah. Over to the Andrews house. Campaign headquarters. 
It's the it's the waiting party. The results party. Phone rings, Fred answers. We hear hopeful music. And Hermione won. Well, no, duh. Yeah. Uh, Herm- and then just then, Hermione shows up at the front door. And she comes to talk to Fred. And he's like, was it close at least? Just within 200 votes, you ran a good campaign. And so they- did you come here to gloat? Shut up, Sierra. <laughs> you know, I came here to tell Fred that he ran a good campaign. And then they shake hands. And it's very, very visible and lingering. And you're like, uh-huh. Whatever. Hermione's going to work with Fred. Sure. And then everybody applauds, and Archie goes and looks at Veronica's like, hey, where'd you say your dad was again tonight? Because why isn't Hiram with Hermione? We cut to the Pembroke in the study. Archie is sitting there with the knife. And we see Hiram walk into frame of the door. And it's, Veronica? Hermione? They're at my house, Mr. Lodge. It's dark Archie. Dark G. And... Archie, what are you... How did you get in here? The door to the serpent's quarters that Veronica keeps unlocked for me. Oh. Well, I'll have to see about getting those locks changed. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Lodge. You won everything you wanted. The worm, the election, the south side, the town. What do you have there, Archie? After my dad was shot, I felt lost, powerless, and you took advantage of that. Manipulated me. I know about Tallboy, Mr. Lodge, that you hired him to go after my dad the same way you got Andre to kill Papa Poutine and that boy at Shadow Lake. What? What was his name? Cassidy something? I practically saw that murder. And Penny, and the ghoulies who almost killed Jughead at your bidding. Archie, these delusions of yours. You're smart, Mr. Lodge. So all or any of this could be hard to prove, but I will. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I'm going to be there, watching. And when I do prove this, I'm going to come for you. And I won't hesitate like I did with the Black Hood. I'm going to make my bones with you after all. And he stabs the middle of his desk with that knife and he walks out <laughs> i need more of this immediately next season holy shit this is great this is zero fucks given archie i love it like i don't give a fuck about you asshole i got your daughter on my side now too this is this is awesome i love it i love it look at the pops and we got the foursome Scoobies. They're they're in the booth, and they've got their milkshakes. Hey, and... we're back at Pops with the Scooby Gang again. Yay! Ah. Well, here's a fun fact about my newest acquisition. According to Pop Tate, the basement of this very diner used to be a secret speakeasy back in the days of flapper dresses and cigarette girls. So everybody's staring. Jug's got a burger piece in his mouth. So I want to reopen the speakeasy. A cabaret space for world-class entertainment and the most decadent cocktails. A place for the North and Southsiders alike. Actually, Jughead, I was hoping your dad could run it. And Jughead knows. His dad's going back to Toledo, probably. Eh. I mean, Betty's like, isn't that amazing? And Jughead looks, but Veronica's like, but what about your dad? And Veronica says, knowing daddy, he's probably plotting some sort of revenge. Oh, he's plotting more than revenge. And now we get back, we get our Jughead narration back. Yeah. And though Veronica said it as a half joke, in fact, that's exactly what her father was doing. We cut to the Legion of Doom at the White Worm. <laughs> so in a little semicircle, we've got Penny Peabody, uh-huh. Penelope Blossom, Claudius Blossom, uh, Malachi, Malachi, and then Sheriff Minetta. And Hiram is just like, ladies and gentlemen, it's been months in the making, but we're finally here. Welcome to New Southside. What about your wife? Uh, now that she's mayor, there are certain machinations that she can't be privy to but the plan remains the same the prison will soon be up and operational with your drugs running through it claudius 
Malachi and his ghoulies will be our soldiers and dealers with Miss Peabody troubleshooting and hopefully doing a better job than she did with killing of Jughead Jones. <laughs> he wasn't breathing when we left him. Uh, and then we get Penelope saying, you promised me a brothel, Hiram. Barf. All in good time, Madam Blossom. Madam Blossom. Yeah. And then we get, I think it's Claudius who says this. What about your daughter and her meddlesome friends? Oh my god. Uh, not a concern. Steps have been taken to dissolve the very glue that holds them together. Sure. He's stupid if he thinks Archie's the glue. Uh-huh. Dumb, dumb boy. We cut over to the Cooper house, and... Polly and Alice are talking. I'm proud of you for visiting Dad. We all have our albatrosses, Polly. Polly says, I think I have someone who can help you, Mom. A friend of mine from the farm who healed me when I was so broken after Jason. If you're open to it, I would love to invite him to come and visit and talk with you. And you just see Alice kind of crumble. That sounds nice, Polly. She's just, she's sad. She's sadless. Uh-huh. Okay, so a couple things in this scene. First of all, we did not see Alice visit Hal. No. So we don't know what that conversation entailed or what happened. No. Uh, second thing, I think this person that Polly's talking about is actually the real Charles Smith. Charles Cooper. Probably. Charles Jones, whatever the fuck his name actually is. The real long lost sibling. And I think the farm is either owned or operated by the Blossoms and or the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Sure. It's an offshoot of some sort. Also? That's also where the Black Hood has being plotted. So, and what's a dead giveaway for this is as soon, as soon as she says this to her mom, she takes a sip of tea, I guess, mm -hmm. and then just kind of looks to the side and down. And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, she has that, this is going the way I want it look on her face. There's a plot. Yeah. She a has plot. the darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Polly is the dark child. Okay, we go over to a hotel room that I don't know how Jughead has money for. <laughs> they've had sex in the hotel room. And Jughead's like, do you want to be my serpent queen? And Betty's just kind of like, ah, you're funny. He's like, you don't have to answer me right now. You can take your time. Let me know. Like tomorrow at lunch. And then she like, sits up and is like, wait, you're, you're fucking serious? You want me to join the serpents? Yeah. And it's very silly. And so they start making out and getting busy. And then we get more Jughead narration. It's very cute. And it's, it's nice. It's cute. It's fine. It was a foolish question asked between two young people in love, but it didn't matter, for it would soon be overshadowed by the next day's cataclysmic events. Oh my god. Okay. We're back at the school gym. They're having an assembly. They're gonna, you know... Name Archie. Inaugurate as president. Archie Andrews as student council president. Please rise for our national anthem. Josie starts singing. Okay. She's singing. All the friends are making goofy faces at each other back and forth, because, you know, Archie's standing there being all cute. Aww. And then out of the corner of Archie's eye, a gentleman steps in a frame. And it's Hiram. It's Hiram. He's making smirking faces at Archie. And then on the other side of the gym, the doors open and Sheriff Minetta and his deputies come in and they start arresting Archie. Uh-huh. Uh, what's going on? Archie Andrews, you're under arrest for the murder of Shadow Lake resident Cassidy Bullock. What? I didn't kill him. He has the right to remain silent. Anything, blah, 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 blah. He start, they start reading him his Miranda rights. The friends are freaking out going, what the hell? What's going on? Archie's going, what, what? And then he sees Hiram and Hiram just smirks and nods. And then Archie just gets that dark Archie face and is like, oh, fuck you, you motherfucker. Ah! And Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. So Archie got arrested for a murder that we know he didn't commit. 
ooh, I'm so scared about how Hiram's going to make this plot work. Okay, this isn't going to stick at all. No. So, you know, we've got Mayor McCoy, who's, you know, good for something occasionally. If his plan is to break them up, he literally has to break those relationships up. That's what he has to do. Well, there's that, but he also has to take out Betty. Betty's the glue. Yeah. Betty is the glue. So he's he's stupid. But he's Hiram, so yeah. This was just, this was a stupid, this isn't even a cliffhanger. No. Because there is nothing here that is unsolved that we don't know as an audience isn't going to get solved next season. People were like, this is a shocking season finale. And it was actually, if you really look at what people were thinking, it's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is a fucking confusing season finale. Because half the people didn't remember who Cassidy Bullock was. It's the guy who broke into the house when they were out on the lake. It's that guy. Well, they got if, killed by Andre. if you miss it when Archie says it when he's when he's yelling in, at Hiram in the study, then you don't know. You probably don't know. And even then, you may not remember where the fuck Shadow Lake was. Like, yeah, it's just something random that he's just like, what, what, who's that? But the problem is, we we know Archie didn't do it, and whatever Hiram's setting up isn't going to last long. No. So it's not like we're going to have a whole season where Archie's in jail. Like, that's just not going to fly. So this was this was stupid. I'm fine with Archie getting arrested, but that should have come at the beginning of next season. My thinking, because I don't, I, this whole Black Hood thing isn't done. No. We know there's more than one Black Hood. Tallboy was a fake Black Hood. I think that's fair. I'm still not convinced that they have thought that out far enough, mm-hmm. but I'll grant you that in terms of thinking ahead. Okay. What I think would have been an actual cliffhanger and a better way to end the season, because look, now we're going to have four months of bullshit. Four months of people picking it apart and going back and forth. And I there's th- nothing to pick apart here. Yeah, exactly. Because they didn't set anything up to be picked apart, which is what you're supposed to do with a with a, a soap opera drama that has a horror storyline. We, we know how this plot resolves itself. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, I like the thing with Polly. That's great. That is the most important takeaway. That was a wonderful little seed. What I think should have happened was, you know, the friends are making silly, stupid faces at each other. Okay. Uh, And they're getting ready to inaugurate Archie. And while Archie's looking at the crowd, either he sees someone in the audience, maybe it's a parent, a faculty member, or it could have been somebody who's standing where Hiram is. And that's the person with the green eyes. Yep. And Archie starts freaking out because now he's seen the person with the green eyes full face. Or maybe it's the Black Hood who snuck in and takes it off. Whatever. But he should have seen the Black Hood with the green eyes in that audience while that was happening. That would have been a much better cliffhanger because then we'd get the, oh my god, yeah, there is another Black Hood. and And maybe Hal is a Black Hood, but he isn't the only one. And oh my god, who could it be? And is Archie just hallucinating because he's got PTSD? Like, what's going on? That is what we could have been doing all summer. Instead, we're just going to be like, dum 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 Hiram is evil. But we already knew that. So this wasn't a cliffhanger at all. This is a a disappointing for a finale. It's so lame. Yeah. Last episode would have been a perfect finale. Here is the only caveat I'll give it. Okay. Is that if the point is to take Archie away Mm -hmm. so that he can manipulate the other kids. Mm -hmm. And by the time Archie gets out, the relationships are fractured. That's the 
only way it works. But again, Hiram's not going to be able to do that. And there's no way Hiram's able to make this, you know, murder charge stick. Well, there is because he has the fucking sheriff on his payroll. He does. But even that's a slippery slope. Well, what's going to end up happening Mm -hmm. is that the kids are going to be stuck and they're going to be like, we can't save him. And then Fred and Hermione will. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen is Hermione as mayor is going to be with, is going to be, be with Fred. Probably. That's probably going to happen too. But she and Fred are going to be the ones who wrest control back out of Hiram's hands. That's how that's going to play out. And Archie's probably going to be in jail for like a few episodes. But you know, it's definitely going to happen. And I'm calling it right now. Season three, full on official prediction. Ethel Muggs is going to be named president. Ooh, yeah. She's going to, she's going to get, cause she's the underdog. She's the, well, she's the only other one there. Well, and one of the things I liked they did with, with Ethel is that she's just so antagonistic to everybody cause she's the underdog. She's kind of like forgotten. Um, since Rise got canceled, Shannon Purser can come back. <laughs> hey. She should take on almost a new Cheryl role as that annoying student council president who just hates everybody, but I'm the leader, so you're going to do what I have to say. Yeah. That would be such a wonderful turn. Oh, she's like directly with Weatherby the whole time? Oh, sure. Uh, that, the oh, annoying her? stickler. And then they need to bring Dilton Doily back, and like he can be her little, her capo guy. <laughs> it would be hilarious oh no dilton dilton needs to be like on the down low with jug and the other kids no i want Dilton to come back and be like his own school militia it i think that would be so fun because they are not a part of the group they're on the outside and i really like the idea of her being the new cheryl like the the friend villain because Cheryl's now full on a part of the group. oh yeah she is and cheryl's thing now is my family's fucking crazy but now I'm a serpent and I'm awesome and I got my lady. So I'm still Cheryl and I don't give a shit about half of you, but we're cool. I want Ethel to now be the <laughs> the pain in the ass. Well, with that being such a great idea, I guarantee you the writers will fuck it over in about three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just not good. It leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. And like some of those, some of those scenes where I protested a lot, I do, I do understand Mm -hmm. the value and I I don't want to just completely shit all over it. Mm -hmm. But because of the whole vibe I get from it, it just makes me be like, y'all didn't think any of this shit out, did you? No, I didn't. That's okay. Okay. So we don't have a next time on clearly because this is the season, this is the season finale. Nope. So we don't really have like a spoiler section. And normally we would say next week we're going to do our season two wrap up, but this is a much longer season. And next week, the entire season drops on Netflix for bingeability. So we're going to take about two or three weeks. We, we've got, you know, some life things that we've got to finagle to binge watch the whole season again. Yeah. We need to review the first half. And then we also just, this was, we had 13 episodes here that we haven't seen for a second or third time. Nor did we see them in any consecutive order, along with that first half of the season. Yeah, this last, these last 13 have been so disjointed, we need to sit down and watch them back to back to back. Because we want to get the vibe of what it would feel like if this was released in any normal situation whatsoever. Yeah, so we we want to do our, our real viewing, binging homework before we... We really start ripping the show to shreds or start praising it for being a lot better than we may have thought because of how we experienced it. So 
we will post our expected release of that episode on our Twitter, on our Facebook. In the meantime, if you guys want to shoot us an email, a tweet, a Facebook message with maybe your thoughts on the finale, your favorite things from this season, I'll start putting up some posts uh, requesting specific questions like, what was your favorite Betty moment? What was your least favorite Scooby moment from the season? Stuff like that. And if you guys want to start sending that to us so we can compile that as part of a listener feedback section on our wrap-up cast. You got a couple weeks to get that in. I'll put a deadline up there when I get to it. Uh, yeah. So, I so, guess that just leaves us that until we get to that wrap-up cast. See y'all next time. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes, and for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.